Coming up on TMS, don't repeat the pizza rolls. Wiener nougat. Jim Henson whips it out. Look at the big brain on Travis. The beard of knowledge. Hey, let's hear that 5150 review. <laughs> Be afraid. The wrath of the redhead. Go fun Chuck. <laughs> Boy, that was a tough one. Get that domain, GoFundChuck.com. <laughs> mm-hmm. Silverado, why don't you come to your senses? No straying from correct answers. TMS stands for teaching me stuff. Trailing the blaze with Amy. Pinewood Derby inside baseball with Wendy and more. On this episode of The Morning Stream. What happened? Where are you from? From planet seven in the third galaxy in the fourth quadrant. Where? It is not necessary to repeat information which is correct in the original statement. I'm having pizza rolls for breakfast. <laughs> The Morning Stream. I won't rest until Tom Cheney's barking in hell. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to TMS. It is Thursday, November 10th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson, and I am joined today by guest host and returning guest host, TV's Travis. Travis, welcome back. Thank you for having me. You know, Bobby was on yesterday, and he's got longer and more hair than I do, but I have him beat in the beard, so I'm keeping the morning stream guest host hair-to-head ratio uh, at its its maximum. Yeah, and and it really diminishes when Brian comes back, because he's bald as a jaybird, and uh, all he's got is that little goatee, so, you know, there's there's been more hair in the last two days than we've had the entire (laughs) run of the show, so uh, nicely done. It's a... it's a balance thing for the universe. Yeah, we got we got to keep it in balance. <clears throat> it's like the whole Jedi Sith uh, the ratio, you know. You got to keep that yep. uh, somewhat in the uh, in the in the ballpark of uh, equal, as they say. Uh, speaking of yep. equality, it's uh, TMS, and we're here. We're going to do a bunch of stuff. Um, <clears throat> that includes some news. We got Amy coming up. We got my sister Wendy coming up with an email that I'm not going to read. Instead, I'm going to play it. She doesn't even know I'm doing this, but I got like an audio, oh like uh, AI voice read <laughs> to do for oh, today's uh, question. So that'll be weird, but I'm kind of excited to try it out. So that'll all be coming up. Uh, yeah. Oh, shout out. I got a shout out to do. Hold on here. This is important. So I get this thing in the mail from uh, Mike and Bree Bullinger, I believe is how you say their names. Uh, okay. Hopefully I haven't fully doxed them because it's a unique name. Anyway, uh, Mike and Bree sent me this little note and then a box, and the box is upstairs. I was supposed to bring it, and I didn't. Um, They say, here it says, Dear Scott, please never change. Uh, We love you from Mike and Bree. Now, I don't know what they mean by never change. Do do they mean my my hairstyle, my clothes, my... uh, uh, you know my what I like to do on the weekends. <laughs> like I don't know what they mean. Your, your, your general <laughs> ability to recall names of people. Yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> they, they don't want that to change, and it won't. Trust me, it'll stay. Um, but they also sent a box of chocolate. Uh, I think maybe mm. this is a, a hint as to what they meant. But it's uh, it's called Wiener Nougat. No. Oh, yeah, Wiener okay. Nougat, and I think Wiener's the okay. brand. Uh, and it's got nougat mm. in there, and I haven't tried it yet. I should have brought it down here and messed with it because um, they're actually kind of low sugar, which is good for me. And uh, I like nougat, and yeah. uh, it's got the word wiener in it. So, right? Are they are they shaped like wieners? No, they're just like little no? okay. uh, normal ass looking chocolatey hmm. deals, right? No. When you would think with the name like wiener nougat, there'd be a little uh, phallic something. It feels going like on. a yeah. It feels like a branding. Uh, Yes. Yeah. yeah, Not to do that. Now, maybe what they're talking about. So this is interesting. This, I don't know how they would know about this, but I have secretly 
I haven't been overt about it on the show, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I'd gotten a complaint that I was fixated on wieners too much mm. uh, and that I bring mm. it up a lot. And I don't think that's necessarily true uh, other than I basically am a 12-year-old and I think wieners are funny. Um, right. But I I decided that day to not to, to basically not make either, any wiener jokes, references, or otherwise. So any that you've heard on the show in the last probably three weeks, they either had to come from Brian or a guest because I was overtly <laughs> avoiding it. And I have up to this moment. So today marks the first time I've even talked about any sort of context of a wiener. And okay. uh, and there it is. Wiener nougat. Wiener nougat. Thank you so much uh, to Mike and Bree for uh, sending that in. Uh, I'll try yeah. it. I'll try it and let you know on the show what I thought. Oh, also, look at this. <clears throat> so I don't know what you were doing in high school, but me. Let's see if I can find this. Here we go. Uh, I worked for my news, my my uh, my high school newspaper. I didn't work for it. I didn't okay. pay it, but I was on the staff, right? And uh, here is this. So I found this the other day. I was going through some boxes. Hold on. This is. I'm afraid I'm going to wreck this, and I don't want to wreck it. Okay. Uh, old newspaper, yeah. Yeah, it's very old. So this came out in let's see, this is March thirtieth, nineteen eighty eight's uh, issue of the of the magazine or of the the paper. It's called the Brighton Barb, B A R B, like you might call someone Barbara for short, you know. Sure. Which I always yeah. thought was a little bit weird, but I, the idea is like barbs, like ah, journalistic barbs. We're, we're poking you with the barbs. Oh, okay. Ah, right. It's a clever name. It's very clever. Uh, <laughs> We were members of the National Scholastic Press Association, whatever that meant. Anyway, um, so I'm looking through this thing. Now, I, I did a couple of, I, I wrote uh, a few times. One thing I wrote was uh, a, a review for, I guess it had been just the previous year. Maybe it was 86. I think it was 86. I wrote a review for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Nice. Uh, I the, also, the ultimate Thanksgiving movie. Yes, I was the special features editor for a while, as well as the cartoonist. And so that's what I wrote there. And then the other thing I wrote uh, was an, a review for Van Halen's 5150 album release. So Ooh. there's that. Yeah, that was real dumb. Uh, and, I, <laughs> and I'll never read it out loud. But anyway, let's see. This just gives you an idea the where al- we're at. The it's, album was dumb or your review was dumb? My review was dumb. My review was dumb. Okay. The album was okay, you know? I mean, for, for the switchover, we were getting Sammy Hagar and trading him in mm-hmm. for a, a, an, an aging uh, Diamond Dave. It was fine. Um, sure. But anyway, let's see here. Okay, this just gives you an idea of the era, of the time we were in. Right now, if you went to a Wiener Schnitzel, which still exists, it's a place, and they have hot dogs and, and burgers and fries and combos and all that stuff. If you sure. went there today, you're going to pay about seven bucks to eight bucks for a combo, normal combo. That sounds about right. Yeah, check out the price on this thing in 1988. Like a buck eighty-five. Big fat burger, double double layer, whatever. I don't know even what it was called. Deluxe burger is all they called it. And a bag of fries and a drink, buck nineteen. Jeez, a dollar nineteen. <laughs> uh, okay, oh. let's see what else. Uh, New Age, the sound of the late 80s. There's a whole article on that. (laughs) Uh, School attendance policy is confusing, says this student. Uh, Why do I have to show up? Check this out. (laughs) This is great. Uh, Junk food burnout, says Jim Schaefer. I do not remember this kid. I wasn't in his group. He says, sure, I like the candy machines, but I was wondering if there was a way to get uh, get the school to put some machines 
uh, in along with the others, but fill them with apples and oranges. I think it would be a good change, and I know quite a few uh, others in the school are feeling this same way. Bullshit. Mm. This is some teacher wrote that, dude. (laughs) I don't think a student wrote that. Uh, Seriously. No way. Not not a student in 88. No, 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 no. At all. Maybe, maybe by the time 10 years later when I was in high school. Maybe. Yes, maybe. There might have been one or two. Maybe, and then even then, you know, I don't know so much. Anyway, but I don't want a vending machine with apples because it's going to drop the apple and then the apple's going to get bruised and then I don't want to eat the apple anymore. Right. Why would you? So, right. Oh my gosh, a whole pizza for four bucks at Pizza Hut? See, this is just insane. <laughs> okay, how about well, this? Well, you can still, I, I guess it's only, I guess they're $7 now at uh, Little Caesars. Oh, are they? Okay. That I think they've good. gone up. All right, here's, fun. here's one. Oh, I drew this. Okay, this looks like garbage. This is 1986. You can't see this at home. I'm sorry, but up top I did a little like above the fold art of a guy carrying a Christmas tree. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know why. Wait, what month was this? <laughs> this is December. Uh, he's going the wrong way. He should be taking that tree to his house because that was December. Right. And he should be doing Christmas. Anyway, um, then in the back, I drew this picture of this of these VHS tapes floating around some film. Ooh. I drew that. Yeah, yeah. I was very bad then, but I thought I was good. <laughs> Let's see if this is my art. You were, Go ahead. You were you were not as refined then. We'll, no, we'll say that. No, I will say that. Still is, better than I would draw it's, now. It's, uh, well, I don't know about that. That's pretty bad. Mm. Um, okay, I don't see it. I was hoping that Van Halen review was here and I would give people a taste, but I don't see it on this. Wow. Well, all right. Whatever you want to think of that, That's there's a little dip back into the high school years. I was feeling nice. nostalgic. The barb, baby. Get it. Catch it while it's hot. Still a thing, I guess. The school still publishes a paper. Nice. Um, That's great. Yeah, and it was fun. We had a really good time in in that uh, whole thing. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I was not on my school's newspaper uh, staff. I was too busy out running track and cross country and playing basketball and all of that. I was was athlete all over the place. That's right. You You wouldn't know it looking at me now. You've uh, said this before, and it's always not not that it's a surprise because it's just hard for me to picture you running with a giant beard. But you yeah. were like a proper, you know, student athlete. That's a big deal. That was my big thing outside of uh, class was all the athletics. I did three sport. Well, yeah, three sports uh, until my sophomore year. And then I focused on just the running track and cross country. I was thinking about this yesterday. I think I spent most of my high school trying to be friends with every click so that there were no issues. And it really wore me out and was like a full-time job, it felt like. But I would be like, got to be friends with these stoners out in the parking lot or else I'm (laughs) going to get beef from them as I go get my car or whatever. So I got to be friends with them. And that'll pay off in other ways. So, you know, if I'm friends with the stoners, they'll back me up if something weird happens with the jocks. But then I had, you know, I was friends with these jocks and the kids in the, uh, you know, the basketball and football teams and stuff. I dated girls who were like total quiet little art nerds and then i dated girls who were on the drill team i tried to keep it broad so that scott was never accused of being uh in one little niche or another he was covering everything he had full coverage there you go yeah that's that's not a bad way to do it i i wasn't that dissimilar i was more associated with the athletics because i was always doing it but 
Um, But definitely my friends were, you know, kind of nerdy and artistic and we were doing films back in high school. Uh, As soon as we could do a video project for a class, that's what we were doing. Yeah. Why Um, wouldn't you? Of course. That explains a lot about your love of film now. Look at you now. Yeah. Yeah. You're a big fan. In fact, Mm -hmm. I'm about to test your, uh, your knowledge. Are you ready for this? Oh, okay. This is something I prepared that I didn't warn you about. Um, (laughs) That's how I do things here. And uh, here's what you're going to get. Uh, You're going to get some trivia questions about films as a way to just sort of test, you know, whether or not TV's Travis, who, by the way, pipes up all the time in chat rooms and stuff with like correct answers to to film queries. You do it all the time. You do it all the time. Uh, I'm here to help. Yeah, you are here to help. So (laughs) I figure you're going to do all right here. Uh, So here's your first question. You ready for this? All right. The code in the matrix, like the green drippy code, you know, yep. mm-hmm. comes from what food recipe? And your options are A through D. I'll give you those options. So you have multiple choice okay. there. A, sushi recipes. B, dumpling recipes. Mm. C, stir fry recipes. Or D, pad thai recipes. So all recipes, sushi, dumpling, stir fry, or pad thai. Which of those is the matrix code that's coming down the screen in green because it, it is one that's, of those things. Yeah, that's a good one. I knew it was recipes that I was uh, familiar with. Yeah. I believe it was mostly Japanese characters. So that's going to, for me, eliminate stir fry yeah. and dumplings. Yeah. And I believe pad thai. I'm going to go with sushi. I'm gonna sushi. Go with You're going to go with A, are you? Let's find out if that's correct. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Right. Well done. A production right. designer scanned symbols from his wife's sushi cookbooks, then manipulated them to create iconic code, which it does say includes some Japanese characters. Very nice. Look at you. See, already. Already. What can I say? <laughs> All right. Here's one. What's the name of Meatloaf's character in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Is it Henry, Eddie, Chuck, or Al? Well, uh, having just watched that last year, um, it was Eddie. Let's find out if it was Eddie. Is it Eddie? It is Eddie. Nice job. Jeez, you're going to ace this. I didn't know that. I didn't know who Meatloaf it is. Played. It is my second favorite Meatloaf character behind Bob from Bob. Fight Club. Oh, from Fight Club, right. Oh, yeah. Dude, Just that, because yeah. it was it was so great, he had lost a bunch of weight before Fight Club, and then they ended up putting him in a big old fat suit anyway. Yeah, why not? For the movie. He's Meatloaf. So. Put him in. Put him in the suit. Exactly. Okay. That would be years before we saw him square down with, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. <laughs> who, who did he fight with on The Apprentice? Uh, freaking. Um, oh, well, I'm not sure. I never watched The Apprentice. Yeah, I, I didn't either. But there was this one scene that got clipped and shown everywhere. And it was him and Gary Busey. Busey? That's who it is. Yeah, okay, him and Busey. Busey. And it was pretty epic, that fight. And that's all I ever I saw. I could see that. <laughs> Uh, here's one for you. Who actually drew the sketch of Rose in Titanic? You know, draw me like your French girls, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Was it A, mm. Leonardo DiCaprio? Was it Billy Zane? Was it James Cameron or was it Kathy Bates? I'm pretty sure that was Cameron. Was it Cameron? Let's find out. Oh, it was. My gosh. Unlike Jack's French girls, Kate Winslet wore a bathing suit while Cameron sketched the, the picture, but he made the boob after. You know, ah, okay. He did. You know, she was. She was. Post, yes. Post production boob. He doesn't know really, truly what uh, is lies under the the Kate Winslet <laughs> shirt, but he but he made it up. Uh, yeah, James Cameron, a bit of a, a sketch artist. 
people don't realize that a lot, but he does that a lot. And there's a whole, oh, I've yeah. seen other stuff like concept stuff for Terminator and other things. Pretty cool. Yeah. I find out, uh, I find a lot of directors can at least sketch a little bit. They, they tend to have really good vision uh, for stuff like that. Even if it's like, uh, I mean, Tim Burton has a very distinct style, but he sketches everything out still. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that a lot. And I really like yeah. uh, Jim Henson sketches are cool mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. you can tell like he's not trying to do technical stuff at all. He's just really just whipping it out. But there's something about his vision for what a Muppet will become that's really palpable on page. It's really cool. I would yes. highly recommend you go, just go Google that people go Google Jim Henson sketches and you'll be thrilled with what you find. Absolutely. Anything, Jim Henson. Here's one for you. Well, this seems easy. Oh, whatever. Who voices <laughs> Joy in Pixar's Inside Out, which just got, uh, there's a talk of a sequel. I guess that's happening. Ooh, I like that movie a lot. Anyway, um, 22, what, the first of 2015's two Pixar films, which at the time was a big deal because they hadn't done that before. Yeah. That was uh, that and the, and the Good Dinosaur, which I know a lot of people uh, don't like as much as I do, but I think that movie's wonderful. I like The Good Dinosaur. Anyway, I, I missed the good dinosaur. That's that is one I need to, to add to my list. You should watch it. Like in, in, it's there's a real pure story in that thing that's like not overly complicated, which is why I think people didn't maybe they didn't resonate with it. But I just thought it was sweet and simple and beautiful and fun and and great. And Jeffrey Wright plays uh, the dad dinosaur, and that's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm sold. Anyway, the voice of joy was t- uh, Tina Fey, Catherine Hahn. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres or Amy Poehler? Yeah, that is an easier one. Uh, that is Amy Poehler. You are correct. So far, you're acing this thing. I don't know if you've noticed, but you're acing it. Uh, I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Here's. Oh, I'm not even reading this one. I'll tell you what it was, but I ain't doing it. Where were the okay. Lord of the Rings movies filmed? <sighs> Ireland, no. Iceland, New Zealand, or Australia? We know the answer is New Zealand, you idiots. We know this. Yeah. All right. Let's do this one instead. Which country does Forrest Gump travel to as part of the all-American ping pong team? Was it A, Vietnam, B, China, C, Sweden, or D, France? He went to China. He had already been to Vietnam, uh, but not with the ping pong. Yeah. Lieutenant Dan. You are correct. Well done. It was China. All right. Which famous Pulp Fiction scene was filmed backwards? Oh. And here's your, here are your options. Vincent and Mia's okay. dance scene. Mia's overdose scene, the Roy, uh, the, uh, the the C is the Royale with cheese scene, or D the Ezekiel twenty five seventeen scene. Well, two of those are dialogue heavy, so filming them in reverse wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Although I want to see, I want to see the uh, the Ezekiel twenty five seventeen done in reverse. Yeah, there's just uh, him going. I, I don't know how you do that, but the the dancing could have been. But I actually do know that this one was the overdose scene. It was specifically the shot of the adrenaline needle. You are um, correct. Damn, dude. Look at your smart brain. <laughs> just uh, full of useless movie trivia. All right. Here's one. There's one that, that I I got wrong when I first saw it. So, okay. so I'm not saying that you will. I'm just saying, you know, beware. Here we go. Which actor is in the following films? The Outsiders, Wayne's World, and Tommy Boy. And your options are A, Tom Cruise, B, Matt Dillon, C, Rob Lowe, or D, C, Thomas Howell. Mm, well, uh, as much as I want to see C, Thomas Howell in a Wayne's World movie, <laughs> yeah. uh, it is, in fact, Rob Lowe. 
You are correct. Nicely done. I thought it was Tom Cruise. And it took know. me a second because you said you you said The Outsiders, Wayne's World, and Tommy Boy, and yeah. immediately I'm like, no one. <laughs> he like, was it, like, yeah. Rob Lowe's Rob Lowe's name didn't immediately jump to mind. I'm like, who the hell was in Outsiders that was in Wayne's World? I forgot yeah, Rob Lowe I, was in Wayne's World or not Wayne's World, but um, Tommy Boy. I didn't I don't remember that at all. Oh yeah, he's uh he's the um son-in-law or the new son of uh big tommy oh uh of um brian brian dennehy i love him yeah miss brian dennehy where do you where do you stand on silverado i love that movie silverado's great oh man i can't see a chevy silverado without singing silverado yeah and i can't see hear the song silverado without thinking of the movie silverado yep exactly yeah or mixing it up with Desperado, which I have done many times. <laughs> All right, here is... Very uh, different we'll make this your final uh, uh, final one here. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. I'll do two more. This next one's so dumb. All right. Okay. This one first. <laughs> which is not the name, okay? Which is not the name not of the, the child name. selected to tour the Wonka factory, factory and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This is back to the old one, okay? The 69 one or 70, whatever it okay. was. Okay. All right. A, Billy Warp, B, Veruca Salt, C, Mike TV, D, Charlie Bucket. Which of those is not the name of a child selected for the Okay, tour? so I know Veruca Salt for sure. Yeah. Um, because that is also the name of a great uh, 90s era rock band. They're awesome. I love Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt, so good. Yeah. Uh, what was the first one? Billy Warp. W A R P. Billy Warp. W A R P in Cincinnati. <laughs> I went to the same place just now. Um, <laughs> Couldn't help it. Uh, I know. Uh, Billy Warp is not one of the kids that toured that. Let's back. find out if that's correct. You are correct. There is no Billy Warp. What the hell is that even? <laughs> what kind of a name is that? Yeah, it's terrible. All right. Final. Oh, this is. Okay. You know what? Now I'm tempted to do that one too. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right, we'll do this one because it's easy. Freddy Krueger wears a striped shred, shred, sweater. That is which colors? Red and blue, orange and green, red and green, orange and brown. Oh, uh, that is red and green. You are correct. That's an easy one. All right, final one. Who did the cat and the Godfather belong to? Was it A? And this is in real life, not in the not the character. Was okay. it A. Francis Ford Coppola? Was it B. Diane Keaton? C. Al Pacino? Or D. No one. The cat was astray. Okay, so uh, this is confession time. Um, the Godfather is on my list of shame. Um, oh. It is. It is going to happen on uh, on wait. You haven't seen at some point um, because I have to watch that movie. I've seen clips of it. I know a lot about it, but I haven't actually sat down and watched. It, it. holds up, man. It's good. One That's and two. What I hear. You should watch one and two back to back. Skip three altogether because mm-hmm. who cares? Three is bad, but one and two amazing. Amazing. I, based on the clips I've seen of three, I don't need to watch that one. Yeah, you're fine. Um, at all. Yeah. Uh, I am going to say it was a stray cat. Uh, man, 100% answers today. Well done. It wow. was a stray cat they a, found. That was purely a guess. If yeah. it hadn't been a stray cat, I would have guessed uh, probably Pacino. <laughs> well, there you have it. Probably Pacino is my new book coming out this fall. Watch for it. Probably <laughs> Pacino on store shelves soon. All right. Uh, well, yeah, I think you did great. Nicely done. Uh, yeah, I well, I know you did great. You got 100%. Jeez Louise. <laughs> All 
I thought you might, you know, stumble on one or two, but you didn't. You did it. So nice job. Tell your mom. Those are those are good ones. It just makes me want to watch um, uh, a bunch of those movies again. I know. Me too. I kind of want to watch The Godfather now, especially. I don't know. Kind of in the mood. I'm in the mood for mobster content. So we'll see. Maybe this person on the line will help us with some mobster content. Oh, that music can only mean one thing. It's time for Read This with Amy, here with book recommendations and more. Hi, Amy. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Good morning, friends. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, good morning. Hope you're well. Hi, Travis. Hey. Hey, Travis. I'm doing all right. I like I like how this greeting has gone. So uh, hey, welcome back. I, uh, it's nice to have you here. Thursdays just wouldn't be the same without you. And uh, you know, even with Brian gone, we got to have a little redhead here. I don't know what that means. Brian's not redheaded. I don't know. Why I said that, <laughs> but it's good. You know, you. Well, we don't know. He doesn't have any hair. How no, that's know? true. That's true. Uh, do you? Uh, the whole thing, you know, the the ginger term and all of that, Amy. Did was that ever levied in your direction? Did people give you any hard oh, time growing up about being a redhead? Plenty, yes, uh, all, all of it. You know, they uh, do the does do the does the carpet match the drapes? Um, you know, like really? all, all the things. Oh yes, lame. so often. Yes, that's lame. I don't like that. Um, I don't like that they, you know, and, you. and like you know the fiery temper thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know the. I, I never heard until I was an adult the whole thing about how the reason we have freckles is because they're like the souls of the our enemies oh, yeah, or the, something like that. Like, <laughs> redheads don't have a soul, so they have a freckle for each soul they steal. Oh wow, right, that's right, a good one. Yeah. I never heard that one. I don't know. I was when I was growing up. I never. I always just thought it was cool, and I wanted to be a redhead growing up. And even like when I had my long mullet, stupid hair, and then in the eighties and nineties. Um, in the sun, if it hit it just right, it was kind of red. And I used to yeah. think, man, that is so cool. This is as close as I'm ever going to get to looking like a cool redhead. So for me, it was never like a thing of, um, you know, I should tease people. I always thought, man, I wish I had that. So Yeah, I, no, I never really got teased for I got teased for plenty of other things. I never got teased really for being a redhead so much. Um, yeah, although, I mean, like I say, the Anytime I had any kind of a, an angry outburst about anything, it was, oh, yeah. well, she's a redhead. So <laughs> knew, I finally, I just embraced it. I was like, yes, and you should be afraid. Sure, be afraid. Why not? <laughs> I say lean into it. Nothing wrong with that. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Amy, I have to start things with a text somebody sent about you or a question for you. Oh, okay. So here it is. Uh, this somebody said, they just signed it as TS, so I'm not sure what that means, but that's their name. Anyway. How many books does Amy read in a year is the question. Oh, gosh. Well, that's a good question. Um, I'll have to. You know what? I will let you know because uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it varies, honestly. I mean, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, it's it's less than 50, but, you know, more than 20. I'll put it that way. Wow. Uh, that's pretty good, though. Yeah, because I mean, you know, more especially since I started Jeez. doing this show, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta read more. 
Sure. Um, it's a good it, motivator. Did, you know, has it felt like a good motivator or does it annoy you now that you feel like you got to always have oh, a book no, to talk about? Oh, no, it's great. I love it. I love having having a reason to check out new books because I was in a bit of a rut. You know, it, it, there's always the book, right? I'm sure you guys both have them, right? The mm. book that you can always pick up and it's your friend and you can read it over and over and over again. Yeah. And, yep. and it's a comfort food kind of thing. Sure. You know, I'm sure, you know. But I mean, I've read a few of those that I have uh, like three or four times now, and I've I've read them recently. So I was I was like, I need to go make some new friends. What does it say about me that 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 book for me is Stephen King's The Stand? What does that say about me that that's the book I've read five times? Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of patience. (laughs) You have a lot of patience (laughs) for a thick book. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not uncommon. I've heard that from a lot of people. A lot of people love that book. I love The Stand. I don't know. It even has a t- one of King's terrible endings, but I still love it, and I could read it now. And I and it's po- it's post-apocalyptic, which I know I like that, but it's also just sort of depressing and terrible in some ways. And I don't know why I find it to be my comfort book, but it is. When did you first read it? That might have something to do with it. Oh, yeah. ninety. Early, late 90s I think is my first reading okay. um okay. The book came out in 70 something they did a re they did a like a re-edit or he he did like a director's edit type thing that they released in the late 90s that's the one I read and then mm-hmm. be- between then and now I guess the last time I read it was two years ago so it's been a bit but I read it in 2019 or 2020 again um that, which was interesting because it's all about a horrible illness that takes out most of the population. And I read it during the <laughs> yeah. pandemic. But, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think I would have read that then. <laughs> but I just love that book so much. And I, I, you know, I, the only thing I like that I've read even close to as many, uh, has been his other series, the dark tower, which is connected to that book. Anyway, it's almost like sister right. series, but the dark tower series, I never get tired of either, but there's also seven of those books and they, you know, it takes a long time or eight. If you count that, additional thing he did but anyway uh yeah for most people it's probably like yeah i, I read a uh, happy glowy hoo-ha every year and i'm in that wouldn't because it makes you happy or whatever i'm over here going no i read uh, death destruction and horrible uh, pandemic uh, everyone dies and look even your dog agrees sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's you know. all right the, the comfort book that i've read the most is uh, a book called the illuminatus trilogy oh. which is as close as i have ever been to an acid trip Whoa! Uh, is reading that book. It uh, it's a book that um, it's sci-fi, but it's just way out there. Like it changes time and date and uh, like perspective. Sometimes mid paragraph, you'll be you'll be like with one character, and suddenly it's a different character in a different place, and you don't know how you got there. It's weird, but it's a really. It was one of those books that kind of like unlocked my brain at some point and just made me look at things differently. Here so it I, is. I Robert, Robert Shea, uh, uh, the first, the eye in the pyramid, the second books, the golden apple and the third's Leviathan. Yeah. Interesting. It's weird. It's not for everybody. I had a friend of mine. We, uh, we started a book club and that was the book that, uh, I suggested everybody read and he came back a week later and he had made it about a hundred pages in. And there was a scene that took place in central park with a squirrel. And he looked at me and he said, if that squirrel in any way, advances the plot of this book i will feed it to you yeah no kidding <laughs> travis are you you're you're uh, you're an old soul like how old are you right you tell us your age how old are you i i will be 41 this month okay you're a young dude all right just entering into your freaking 40s 
Uh, you're an old soul, though. You read old shit. This thing, this thing came out in '75. You know, you know trivia about movies that came out long before you were born. Like, have you always been accused of this being kind of a? I actually have, yeah, quite yeah. a few times. I think that's um, really interesting. It's just what I do. You yeah. know, the last book I read was uh, I've got it right here. Actually, was Who Censored Roger Rabbit? <laughs> oh, wow! Uh, the, the famous, Which, uh, yeah. If if you ever read, is completely different from the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Really like, interesting. It's, it's huh. amazing. This is all like a hardcore noir style uh, thing. And I didn't know that was a very thing. Very few likable characters. Yeah, it's based on a book. I did. I had a guest on that had never seen the movie. And I mentioned that it was based on a book who, and she did a podcast about books. So we did like a, a little uh, cross pollination and I read the book for her show yeah. and it, it's really good. Yeah. But I also boy, did not know difference. that that was, uh, that that was based on a book. I didn't either. <laughs> I thought they made it up. I was sure. Of it. I, today <laughs> I learned. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Wow. All right. Well, once again, TMS teaching the masses things they didn't teaching know. Teaching everybody know. stuff. That's yes. Right. So, well, all right. I got a couple things before <clears throat> yeah. we get into this week's book, okay. which I actually, it's a happy accident. I would love to say that I planned it this way, Travis, but mm. it's a ha- today's book is a happy accident that you are guesting on the show. And we'll, oh. we'll discuss why later, but I want to get to a couple little housekeeping things first. First of all, I want to do a little bit of um, kind of mea culpa, I guess, if you want to view it as an apology, you can view it that way. But last week, I kind of, I kind of nudged Scott towards, uh, you know, reading the the book about the doctor's name, uh, who clearly an Asian name kind of thing, and it was it was a dick joke. It was a, it was a low blow, but uh, you know, as a person who tries very hard to unlearn all the racist crap that she grew up with. Uh, I try to, I, my personal rule is I try to say, okay, if it's questionable at all, probably best not to say it. And I broke that rule. And that is so thus, and, and I don't know, nobody contacted me. I don't know if anybody was offended by it or not. Doesn't matter. I did what I, I did something that, doesn't sit well with me sure so i'm saying sorry i i will not do that again Aww. that was not that was not correct of me to do i need to model better behavior than that and i will do so in the future nice so there we go i like so, that. that out of the way yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> so Dreadnecks and I have been conspiring. And did you know we're actually coming up close to a year of this segment? Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. How is that even possible? That's crazy. Interestingly (laughs) enough, actually, the show that happens on my birthday will be a year. And um, which is which is fun to me. Uh so we have compiled and I say we, Dreadnecks has very kindly compiled a survey with some questions for the listening audience and I would very much appreciate if everybody would just take a moment fill it out because I'd love to get some feedback and you know hear what you guys want to hear from me the stuff the stuff you've liked the stuff that you have read as a as a response to hearing it on the show you know Mm -hmm. um that kind of thing and and just what people like to read so it's a really quick survey it's only like four questions and uh so it'll it'll just take you a second and i have posted that in the discord 
and I'll post it here in the chat for everybody. Nice. And yeah, so uh, we will compile those and we'll do a we'll do a little special segment on the one year anniversary of the segment and I'll let you know what everybody said. I love it. That's Excellent. a great idea. <clears throat> Need to do that more around here. I think that's awesome. Thank you for leading the way. Trailing the blaze. No, blazing the trail. Trailing the blaze. Trailing yes. the blaze. <laughs> All right. Uh, so All right. this week, what should I be reading? Because I'm dying Food to know. the book. Yes. All right. So I have a clip. So we can we can play the clip. I will set this up only by saying I found this book completely randomly by Audible suggesting it to me. So sometimes that's a good way to go. Sure. All mm-hmm. right. Let's play this clip and see what we get. I can find it. Here we go. She catches her reflection in the hall mirror and notices what everyone notices. The seven freckles scattered like a band of stars across her nose and cheeks. Her own private constellation. She leans forward and fogs the glass with her breath. Draws her fingertip through the cloud as she tries to write her name. A. D. But she only gets as far as that before the letters dissolve. It's not the medium... No matter how she tries to say her name, no matter how she tries to tell her story, and she has tried, in pencil, in ink, in paint, in blood. Adeline, Addie, Lauru. It is no use. The letters crumble or fade. The sounds die in her throat. Her fingers fall away from the glass and she turns, surveying the living room. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So the The book is called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. And it <laughs> it's it's really interesting. It it bounces back and forth between the past and now. It starts in France around 1714. And and so it goes between the modern day and the 1700s and essentially this young woman made a Faustian bargain to live forever thus the Travis connection because of his uh, affinity for Highlander that just I kind (laughs) of I I was like who wants to live forever Uh, but anyway uh, but she is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets so as soon as she gets a connection with someone and then as soon as you she leaves the room they literally forget she existed well weird that's weird yeah like the book opens with uh, you know she she wakes up in bed with this guy who she has been seeing for quite a while but you know she gets up and goes to the living room and then he wakes up, has no memory of even, he thinks that he went on a drunken bender and picked her up. So how does it, and, so is it like specifically a room to room kind of problem? Like, like how does the, 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 for lack of a better term, the magic of this works by just rooms or is it distance or is it, they didn't see you first thing? Like if he, if he had woken up when she stirred and got up and he went, kind of side-eyed all tired and bleary or whatever would he have remembered her like how does it now i'm like i don't i don't think so it it, it appears not at this point now okay. i will i will admit that i have not finished reading this yet but wow. it appears that that is not the case that it's just out out of sight out of mind kind of thing and at you know to the point where at one point she goes into a shop 
and you know the the clerk helps her find a new outfit to try on she goes into the dressing room tries it on takes the tags off and then leaves because the woman has forgotten that she was even there so she oh, can wow. go anywhere and have any kind of commitment with anybody and then they just go in the other room and come out and they don't remember any of it correct that's kind of yeah. great when when was this book written I'm curious because this sounds very familiar or very similar to a Doctor Who uh, side character. I think, okay, I'm so the one that one. I'm reading, I think, came out in 2020. Yeah, so October of 2020. Okay, so that would have been after. There was, there's a character in Doctor Who called the Silence. They're, they're a race of aliens that if you don't look at them, you forget they're there. Right. Yeah, and so there's a whole thing with that where people see them and they react to them, but as soon as they turn away, they completely forget that they exist. Oh, weird, man! <laughs> and That's it's cool. kind of crazy that this book has the same same thing going on. I was just curious. Yeah. If, I wonder if there was any like influence from that because it could have been, could have been, cool. yeah. Because it's it's really interesting. So we get this opening scene where she's you know she's in bed with this guy. Guy is very confused, and she's like. Yeah, I know you don't remember me. It's okay. And like <laughs> she just can't she's like I've had this I've had this conversation with you so many times. I can't I can't deal with it this morning. I'm going, you know. So she leaves. Oh. And then uh and then it switches, the scene switches to uh you know, early 1800s France and th- where she's a little girl. And so we get sort of the origin story of it and it's right when uh, you know, some of the old gods are starting to die away, but there's still some old people in small villages and whatnot who will pray to quote unquote the old gods, like the river gods and the, you know, the whatevers, you know, <laughs> and what now we would call like the parking space gods, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, um, and you know, but most people are going to church and they're Catholic and all of that stuff. And so they're praying there, but there's an old woman who kind of teaches her about the old gods. And she tells her very pointedly never to pray to the gods who, who answer after dark. (laughs) I love that concept. And it's really foreboding. And I was like, yeah, that, that was the line that I heard. And that that's right at the very beginning of the audiobook. They give you that it's right right up front and i was like oh i'm in what you know <laughs> i want to know what happens when you when you pray to the yeah. gods who answer after dark <laughs> yeah that's some cool that's some cool world building st- stuff there that i i would totally get into that i think i think mm-hmm. i would really enjoy it it reminds me of american gods a little bit um mm-hmm. where you know this concept of <clears throat> they're they're kind of dormant because everyone f- forgot to pray to them but the minute they start to it's like, oh shit, we're in trouble. Freaking Odin and everybody are going to come back. It's going to right. be bad. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's it's really interesting because we think we think of gods as like these all powerful beings, right? But really, the our belief in them is what gives them their power. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know. That just, I just, I love that concept. There's a couple. There's a couple different books. Uh, American Gods is one of them that uh, cover that sort of that sort of ground and uh and there's a there's another one by terry pratchett that i'm not gonna give it away because i'm gonna talk about that one on this show oh at another point. i see but- <laughs> yeah you're saying whether we call that sandbagging nothing wrong with that sandbag Saving content it. yeah do yeah. it yeah 
Uh, this That's is cool. cool. Remind That's me neat. of the name one more time so we're telling people the right direction the to go. The name is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. LaRue. I'm going to write this down because this sounds like my jam. Yeah, okay. I'm going to have to check that out, too. Uh, available, of course, on Amazon or wherever you get your books and audiobook and all of that. Um, and I assume that clip is that's who you're hearing on the audiobook, right? This person? Uh, she catches her yeah. reflection. So that lady? Okay. The, yeah, no, that is that is not the author. It is read by Julia Whelan. Mm. Or what? Well, W-H-E-L-A-N. Whelan? Whelan. Whelan. Like, like, like the Whelan, <laughs> like in Aliens, the, the Whelan... Uh, uh, it's the, uh, the robot company. Isn't that a thing? <laughs> Wayland Utani. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there sure. you go. That's the name. I knew <laughs> Travis would know because he's an en- <laughs> Travis, Travis <laughs> is an encyclopedia never... of knowledge, so he would, of course, it would know. But yeah, so like Wayland. Scary things has caused me to never see Alien, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, you gotta see Alien. You gotta see <laughs> Alien. It's mm, so yeah, good. good oh, Amy, come on now. We gotta watch. That's that's a thing. We gotta do that. That movie's rules. All right, so I would much like you play scary games for the entertainment of us. I will, I will try and watch uh, Alien. Although y'all might need to send, you know, you might need to do a GoFundMe for Chuck for <laughs> like to support Chuck that, for the fact that I won't be able to sleep. For I a see. Couple days. Yeah, he'll be, he'll have to, he needs to be compensated for his time. I understand. Right, right. I feel yeah, you. makes sense. Uh, excellent. Go check it out. That's the Invisible Life of Addie Larue, available wherever you get your books. Uh, it's always good having you on, Amy. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks. You yeah. too. Yeah. And uh, go those of you who follow me on the TikTok, I have I have an update to the whole health situation thing going on. So I'll oh, be right. posting that later today. Yeah, I've been so, uh, following that. Go follow her TikTok, Red, Red Fraggle 3 on TikTok, I believe. Right? Yes. Yes. And uh, it's a great place to keep up what's going on with uh, Amy directly. I had so much fun, by the way, Scott, I meant to tell you with, I know it's like silly and people do these, those little Twitter games all the time. But the thing you posted yesterday about change a video game with one letter, oh, yeah. my whole family, <laughs> we're like sitting at dinner, all of us just brainstorming like, oh, mortal wombat. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my my daughter came up with Flippy Bird, which yeah. I thought was brilliant. It's pretty good. Because, <laughs> you know, because you flip the bird. Yeah, of, it's of pretty good. That ended up getting a ton of traction. Um, I was just like farting around. That's usually the stuff that gets the most traction is when you're farting around. You yeah. don't expect much of yeah. an answer, but um, it was fun. If you want to go see that thread, it's up on all the places I post. And uh, my favorite, I think, was... Uh, oh, I'm trying to find it here. Hold on. Oh, there was a really was good, good one in here. Though. Really good, yeah. Um, okay, change it. Uh, I can't even find my... I like t- Mortal Wombat myself. Mortal Wombat's pretty think, good. I think that needs... Somebody needs to make... Uh, just like a Mortal Wombat T-shirt. I, I mean, would I would. Right on. I would okay. play that game, no problem. Um, okay, there it is. Nope, still can't find it. Great. Well, uh, I don't know what I've tweeted too much. Is the problem? I tweet too much. I can't. Find <laughs> it. Uh, I, I don't know if I saw it or not, but I, I just thought of a sod of war. Oh, uh, sod of war is not a, too bad. It's a, a square not, of grass at it, war. Yeah, that's not too bad. Um, let's see. Can I find? Oh, here we go. I really liked Word of Warcraft. Starcraft, uh, Staircraft is pretty good. Staircraft. Staircraft. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Gut of War. God of Warp. Uh, let's see. River <laughs> River City Random is pretty good. I like Fogger instead of Frogger. Just Fogger. Fogger. Mm. 
Yeah. Mania, uh, Mania Manson, which spelled like Manson, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Like, kill everybody or had people kill people. Anyway, and Sheet Fighter is pretty good. I like that. (laughs) Oh, Sheet Fighter. (laughs) Yeah. There's some really good ones in here. These are so fun. Like, it's just like, we just, we sat here just, you know, trying to brainstorm all of them. My son came up with, like, World of Waxcraft. And (laughs) I was like, okay, okay. How you like, uh, how you like God or see? Over, sorry, Oven Watch is pretty good. Oven Watch. Oh, Oven Watch. That was the other one that absolutely made me cackle at it. Like, you know, when my daughter said Flippy Bird, I thought that was hilarious. And then the Oven Watch was absolutely brilliant. That was a really good Oven Watch is genius. It's really good. Yeah. Sunbun said Cuck Hunt. That's no good. We don't want that one. Anyway, fantastic. Duck Hunt is way too too low hanging, low brow fruit. Yeah, lots of fruit hanging low on that one. Yeah. Watch for the fruit. It'll whack you in the face. All right. That's, uh, that's going <laughs> to do right. it. Have a fantastic <laughs> week. We'll see you next time for another Read This With Amy. Bye. All right. She's out of here. Uh, oh, it's time to... We're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy will be here. We got a thing to read. And when I say to read, I mean a robot will read it. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So stick around for that. In the meantime, I'm going to play a song. This is a indie in the middle uh, provided to me via Brian Ibbett. Uh, he uh, very kindly did this so that I didn't have to struggle too much with music while he was out. And uh, this is a song by a band called... Uh, where is it? Oh, Rising Hip Hop Artist releases latest single, Is It Worth It? The band is Astris. Astris. Okay. I think okay. I'm saying that right. I hope I say it right. Anyway, it's supposed to be really good. Um, the cover of this thing looks like it's some kind of weird 90s album, and I'm, I'm kind of all about that. So anyway, here's that song. We'll play it now. When we come back, my sister Wendy and more. Stick around. We'll be right back. electrical energy nothing wrong here well that's not entirely true 
the morning stream. Hey, don't die on me yet. And we're back. That song, once again, was Is It Worth It from Asterisk. Uh, that album will be available, looks like, next week. Something okay. to that effect. So keep your eye on that Asterisk. They're also on tour right now and all over the place. So look mm-hmm. for them showing up here in Orem, Utah, then Spokane, Washington, Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Sacramento, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Mesa, Albuquerque, and more. Oh, geez. Oh, that was. Things are falling apart over there. It's my class ring. Just kidding. Mm. I don't know what it was. Um, <laughs> all right, we're uh, we're at that stage, guys, where we need to learn something about ourselves and each other. Yes, and uh, that means Wendy's on their way uh, or on her way. She identifies as a her, as a she. It's fine. Uh, so I'm not in a, inaccurate in my description. Anyway, here's this. Everyone knows it's Hey, look who it is. It's my sister, Wendy. She comes on the show on Thursdays and puts her expertise out there for you to use. <laughs> she just sticks yeah. it right out there and says, here, use, use this. It. Yeah. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. need things. Uh, Wendy, hello. And how are you? Hi. Hi. I'm well. Yeah? How are you guys? I'm, we're good. Uh, Brian's not here, but we mm-hmm. have uh, Travis uh, sitting in as co-host today. Uh, Travis, say hi to Wendy. Wendy, say hi to Travis. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> hi, Travis. <laughs> I like to facilitate <laughs> the greetings, you know. Uh, it's, uh, he's off to, for a concert weekend thing in California, but, um, uh, oh. nonetheless, here we are. So I was going to ask you a question, something about, um, oh, I'm, I sent you a box. Did you get a little box yet in the mail? Uh, maybe today, oh. but I didn't look, I, you know, Amazon could have been, I didn't mm. look, I just put it in the house. And well, the thing I sent came directly from, from us. I, it's either on its way or there. And when you oh. get it, you'll know. You'll know what's going on when you get it. Okay. Yeah. I'm very excited, though, for you to get this. Oh. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go get it right now and open it live. Yeah, if you want. I don't know if, if it's from Amazon. It's not it, though. It's something else. Well, I don't know if it's from Amazon. Oh. I just, it's, it was like a nicer quality box, yeah. so I was confused. Is it big? Is it, it is small? How, how big is it's it? It's medium. Medium size? Hmm. Maybe how we... How small are you? Does it say where it's from? I will go. I'm just in the other room. So, right. everyone, let's, let's take a tour. Let's take a tour mm-hmm. of the house. Here we go. Walking let's see through, if the uh, internet still works as so, we go. So far, so good. Uh, looks like, you know, you'd think I'd look at the name on something. Uh, Wendy Dunford from nobody. Doesn't say anybody. Oh, it could be us. I you, bet it, it's you. Should yeah, I do it? I mean, it, oh, it has Amazon on the side. Oh, no, never it's not mind. you. It's Amazon. Dang it. <laughs> All right, you probably don't have it yet. So it's just okay. uh, when you get it, though, just you know, send me a text or whatever. Because you'll, you'll, you, you'll get the jo- It's not even a joke. You'll just get the thing. You'll get it. You'll okay. get it and go, ah, I get it. And then you'll tell me. All right? Okay. Or it's not a joke. Okay, no, good. it's definitely not, not a joke. It's not going to blow up in my face. No, none of that. Okay. I'm not, not you, on, I'm not you on April 1st. It's all good. <laughs> glitter bomb. Yeah. Please don't send me a glitter bomb. <laughs> Those are the oh worst things. Those are the ever. worst, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've ever had to deal with one, but I've seen plenty of video. I don't. I, don't I mean, have you had ever a little glitter on your finger? Yeah, Just a little. Sometimes times that by it's one million. Still there. Okay. Yep. I dated a girl once in high school that wore had a lot of glitter on her face. Oh. Um. Her name was Tina, and one time I uh I think I I never it wasn't like we made out or anything, but I hugged her on the at the end of a date and went home and the right side of my face was covered in glitter. You know, had little <laughs> glitter bits. I thought that yep, was a little weird. And mom's like, what Such did you do for like the next three months? No matter how many showers you took, late, it was still. Yeah. A late 80s story. Oh, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> telling her mom saying, what is that? And I said, oh, I don't know. And she said, 
I don't know, some David Bowie joke, which I thought was funny for mom at the time. <laughs> anyway, uh, none, none of that matters. Let's get to the psychology of the moment. Now, I sent Wendy an email that is actually, we're going to play it in audio form. Uh, this is a AI robot Ooh. reading this. Okay. Is so this so it, we don't have to hear you misread? Is yeah, this, what's this is, well, there's two reasons. Right. One, I wanted to test this new service I, I signed up for to do okay. uh, some, there's other reasons I need this. And I thought, yeah. oh, this would be an interesting way to do this giant long email. So there are moments in this where it's very naturally read. And there are other yeah. moments, a couple of times we were like, oh yeah, there's a robot doing this. So I just, you know, let me put that out there. It shouldn't diminish anything or be too distracting. But I'll just get to, we'll get to this week's uh, thing. It's about six minutes long. Here is the read. I am a longtime listener of the show, January 2013, and I love the advice Wendy has given on various topics over the years. Thank you, guys, for all of the great advice and content. I am also a longtime patron, even if it is only $3 a month, and if you hear this and listen to the show, become a patron. These guys deserve it. Yeah. Now, on to my topic. I am 43 and my wife is 44. We have two children, a 15-year-old boy and a 12-year-old girl. We have been married for 18 years and we both have good careers that are not very demanding. By all accounts, we are a happy, stable, well-adjusted family. We are religious and attend church twice a week. We are not what you might think of as crazy evangelicals but we believe in God and the Bible and we do our best to live our lives as such. We love to entertain at our home, and we have lots of friends and family that we are close to. We are a multicultural household in that my wife is originally from India and I am just your average white boy from Kentucky. Our son, let's call him Ben, started high school last year and at the same time finished puberty very quickly. To us it seemed like he changed overnight from a chubby, reliable, studious, responsible and respectful boy into a young man with an altogether different set of personality traits, many of which were new to us. Things changed for us in our family dynamic pretty quickly. Ben plays lacrosse for his high school and has gotten very entrenched with a new friend group. Many of these boys are nice and their parents are very nice as well. Lacrosse practice is five days a week, which leaves not much time for schoolwork, although he still tries very hard to maintain straight as. Lacrosse is great because Ben loves it and it gives him that physical outlet that all growing boys need. Ben is still doing very good in school, he is nice to his sister, and is involved in church in healthy ways. The problem we are having with Ben is his attitude towards us and the use of his phone. If we were going to do it all over again, we probably would not have given him a phone until he was 16 or 17. But as it was, we gave him a smartphone in fifth grade so that we could contact him wherever, whenever. But as he has gotten older, we have relaxed time and app restrictions and he has only started to abuse it, adults are guilty of this too, of course. Looking at his screen time report, 5 hours per day is normal. This just really gets under our skin because we have talked and talked to him about healthy limits. We want him to exercise the healthy limits himself without us having to put restrictions back on the phone, but he resents that greatly and it seems to damage the relationship, he says, I am 15, I am old enough. It does not help the fact that his friend's parents seem to care little or not at all about their children's time on their phones so Ben compares his lack of freedom to their total freedom. We also are fully aware of the algorithms of apps like TikTok, Instagram Reels, and how they suck your attention and brain away for hours if you let them. Of course his TikTok feed is full of pretty girls showing off their bodies, which is normal for a 15-year-old boy, but also not in line with the values we teach about not objectifying women and cultivating relationships over living in constant lust, ogling women all the time. 
We did remove Instagram, Snapchat and TikTok to help him reorient his focus and bring down his screen time, but we are not putting other time or app limits on the phone. The bigger problem we have is his lack of respect for us. Ben has gone from a sweet boy that we can count on to a rude and disdainful teen that resents us. Ben will cut us off and snap at us when we are talking to him. My wife and I both have short tempers and we have played our part in escalating the situation when we should have been a more calming adult presence. We are working on this and we talk together about how we can improve. Incidentally, my wife and I have a very healthy marriage and we communicate and strategize on how best to work with Ben as his parents to get the best possible outcome. I understand that our punishments play a part in this, but now we are in this sad and dramatic standoff where we remove privileges from him, phone, sleepovers, etc., until his attitude improves. His attitude will improve until we give him his phone back, and everyone relaxes and he sinks back into his phone, and things seem okay. But then something will come up and he will speak disrespectfully to his mom and we will address it, and he does not listen and the cycle starts all over again. He ignores us, rolls his eyes, and seems to always need to get that last spiteful word in. Ben has been in trouble at school for sharing a racist meme and we also found pictures on his Instagram where he trespassed, got onto a school bus, and took pictures of himself and a friend on top of the school bus and posted to Instagram. Jeez. These are 15-year-old hijinks for sure, but they also are alarming in the sense of race sensitivity as well as respect for others' property. We have talked through these mistakes with him and he seems to have learned from them. Regarding the attitude and disrespect, we have spoken to other parents whose advice is to just keep taking things away until he behaves. This sounds good I guess, but also does not sound healthy. He is 15 after all and he will have to grow up eventually. Things have gotten so ugly around here lately that I actually worry whether or not we will have a good relationship with him when he is a grown man and that scares me. My wife can be very forward and direct. When Ben is explaining something about his behavior and it is obviously a thin excuse, my wife will often reply sarcastically or laugh and this of course really gets under Ben's skin. He is thinking, why should I respect you when you clearly do not respect me? I have to admit, he has a point. I often find myself as a peacemaker, trying to calm things down and settle everyone. Ben will often come to me alone and ask my advice and confide in me about why he thinks his mom is unfair and how it hurts him the way she treats him. I give him strategies to help communicate with her and I work with her to try and improve the way she communicates. But things just do not seem to be getting any better. This is going on close to a year and our once very happy family is being pulled apart by this constant tug of war. Ben will use things against us that we have said in previous conversations and he is openly belligerent. It used to be, we would ask him to rake the leaves or cut the grass and he would just do it, no questions asked, with a smile on his face. Now, when we ask him anything like this, he asks why and pushes back until we get into a discussion on who the authority figure is in the house and it just ruins everything. I worry about my 12-year-old daughter who was in the room during some of these fights and I know it is not healthy for her to be exposed to all of this back and forth. Part of me wants to keep up with the punishments and force compliance, but the other part of me seems to know that he needs his freedom. He is a very lovable and handsome young man with a lot of friends, but that means he is also not humble at all and can be very conceited. Maybe let him act like this outside and let him learn some of the lessons on kindness and humility that we have been trying to teach him. Help. Confused in Kentucky. All right. There's Confused in <laughs> Kentucky. Bred uh, by Nate the Robot, who read wow. that. Uh, that stuff's getting creepy good. But anyway. It um, is. It's also like... Uh 
cheery the whole time, which is strange. <laughs> no, it's a little weird. It was like the tone never changed. There was actually a key change at one point. He went, up, was. And went up a half step. Yeah, like, ah. for mm-hmm. sure. That was weird. <laughs> but, you know, as long as it was, I think it's good. We, we like getting details here. because And you guys helps. know how Scott would have sounded doing that. So yeah, way better. yeah, I would have sounded like, you know. <laughs> I would have effed up three words. I would have said something dumb in the end. You know, I would have had a joke in the middle, distracted at some point. All these things happen. Yeah, That's what yeah. happens. Okay. Anyway, uh, so what do you want to do here? This feels like teenage 101 oh, stuff yeah. to me. Totally. And the age range is perfectly normal, right? This yeah. is this is the oldest child, and you have no idea what's actually coming, especially when he starts out sweet. <laughs> yeah. um, it can be very jarring and difficult, right? And so, you know. I've now had two kids go through this age range. Scott, you've had three. Yep. Travis, I don't know what your experience is, but I would avoid it if you could. Um. <laughs> I, I had uh, I had one. So- I was a part time parent for a while, and okay. from like basically toddler to uh, he's sixteen now. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. So you've seen some yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So a very common uh, sort of shift, especially in. Um, young boys to sort of puberty hits the how I know I'm cool stuff really, you know, gets going. Um, and then just whatever your parents have always taught you starts to become a place to push on. Right. Um, and that seems very clear here that, you know, there, there's like a reasonable level of thinking about things, but a kid's going to push against it. Now you, you could take any scenario and have pressure from the parents around. So like in their case, clearly there's a lot of religious beliefs and religious behavior that they're expecting. And so that's where a kid will push in some form. Sometimes it's direct rebellion against the religion itself. Sometimes it's just some of the rules or you as the people instituting the religious beliefs. It kind of a kid will pick the, a different target to kick against. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- that's not uncommon because that's part of individuating, right? Like, who am I? Uh, well, when I'm pliable and happy to make everyone happy at 11 and 12, and suddenly I have raging hormones, which would kill all of us now, by the way, if we had to go through it again. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's a big shift and I feel really differently and I'm maybe not enjoying all the same things as easily. And then there's this whole new world online and with friends that give me all sorts of other things to think and feel. And so this is natural. It's not, nor- it's not necessarily a, 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 always a religion thing either, right? Like nope, it doesn't of, have to be at all. It's just In fact, whatever. you could have the opposite where yeah. it's like, why aren't you guys religious like all my friends' parents? Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen that like the opposite happen with some kids. Because, uh-huh. and so the rebellion they grab onto is is one that seems, I don't know, like antithetical to what kids usually rebel against. But that's that's what they're right. looking for. They're looking for something to grab onto and say, well, I, we, we, this is why I'm different than you. Well, um, mm-hmm. and, a, and a way to think about it that's maybe helpful contextually is just that it is a normal developmental milestone to push back against whatever you are told you're supposed to already think or feel or believe or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how we know if it was just, you're going to rebel because your parents are religious, then that every kid whose parents are not religious would never need to rebel. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a, and here's the difference too. You can have a kid who never rebels, but there was maybe nothing for the kid to push against. Right. Um, there was, you know, maybe not enough attention paid to what they were doing or who they were spending time with or how they were spending their time. 
So they're not rebelling. And those kids will tell me later as adults, um, and often I, I will work with them in their early adulthoods, that that feels like neglect and is actually really painful um, and has ramifications of just they didn't care enough to know where I was. They didn't care enough to, right? So, so the, the overall answer here is no one can win, okay? No one will win. There's no winners here. Only <laughs> There is no winners. But there is, this is a marathon, and you are currently at whatever the mile is where you poop your pants. It is not a great <laughs> part of the, the race. <laughs> I'm sorry, the entire race then? For me then? Is yeah, that what for you're Scott, okay. it's the whole race. Okay, And great. for other people, it's when your kid's 15. Um, it really is, a, is a, a tricky stage. I've had a lot of friends who've had a lot of boys pass through that same age around the time I did and earlier. And the conversations we've had, it's like a little mini support group. Like, are we going to make it? <laughs> um, and that is... It's, it's healthy and normal what is happening. And what I'm hearing specifically, though, um, are some, some places you can do some things maybe slightly differently or think about it a little differently um, in Kentucky there to, to uh, sort of manage this time and not do what it sounds like the emailer is really afraid of is like somehow permanent damage that keeps them apart when, when he's an adult. Um, and so couple things like so let's tackle a couple things and i'd love to hear your you twos that's not English. sure hey your look, perspectives you're the your expert here you tell us how to talk i'm fine with it okay yeah. <laughs> okay so take um sort of two factors one is the screen time phone thing okay so we're going to yeah. start with that um notice it was like we shouldn't have given it to him till he was 15 when did we give it to him when he was not to 11 yeah 10 11. Uh, so that's grade. a big jump. Yeah, it's a big jump. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so 11 on where you can kind of trust him and he's happy, go lucky, and nothing's like that hard. That's really hard to roll back. Um, yeah. And also, I love that the kid is using, and every kid does, right? It's like they have a little book. They're like, okay, one day use this line. And that is every kid's parents let them do stuff you are not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. That is oh, 100%. Course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we were in Sweden and and Abe could not have a phone because I'm an American. Um, and he would say, I am the only nine-year-old that doesn't have a cell phone. And he was absolutely right. He was the only one. And what was weird about it, it was actually totally empowering. I'd be like, yep. And you are the only kid in this country who will get grounded. He'd be like, it's true. I'm the only kid. I'm like, yep, they don't even have that here. <laughs> so it was, it was weirdly uh, liberating to be like, this is not about anybody else or whatever else is happening. It's just, sorry, this is where your cultural differences are showing up. Um, but what happens is you give a kid a phone pretty early. It's just like, give like right now, Scott, can I give you a flip phone back? How do you think you're going to do with that? Oh, Lord. I mean, I, yeah. didn't, I hated that thing in the big, to begin with. I really hate it now. I don't want Right. So, so it's a version of, you know, as humans, we aren't great at having things taken away. No. And so this is why parents will constantly use this example of I will take away privileges. I will take away, take away because it is effective, right? Mm -hmm. Um, a kid will stop being a brat for a while, but why does the cycle keep continuing? Um, one thing is their brains are hyped up on a steady stream of dopamine, seeing things they can't normally see in their regular day, you know, getting all the, the, the fun that comes with having a phone and then having that removed, everyone would throw a fit. Grown people will throw fits. If you took away their phones, you take people, you know what I mean. Remember on the airplanes when you couldn't access the internet? Now you can. Like, yeah. can you want to go back? It's not 
You know what I mean? Sure. It doesn't work. Sure. Um, that's why we're all going to destroy each other because things <laughs> taken away from us. But we, you know, you sort of you freak out. So that's what he's doing. That makes sense. That's what anyone would do, right? Yeah. And then he can detox a little bit from that, and then has to figure out some things and can be nice again. And then you start that whole system over. Sure. So you have to get out of that system, and you can either do what the parents, other parents have said, which is just keep restricting. But I want to hear from both of your perspectives. Maybe did either of you have this kind of cycling in your own growing up years where whatever you liked, your parents would take it away so that you would comply with things they wanted you to do? Um, you know what? Mom and dad weren't too bad about like, you will not have like what there wasn't that there was no not under my roof. Really? Not really. Anyway. Um, so the ways I would find a rebel would be, you know, they'd have to be more extreme. Like, you're you have an 11 p.m. curfew and I'm 16, right? I would come home at like three, or I'd sneak out, or something, because those were the rules that they actually cared about. Like it was right. never like you're not watching cartoons on Saturday anymore. They were like, no, I think we get why you like those. You can watch those. Like they they didn't seem to have a problem with that. And like I'm trying to apply it to what you would have with kids today. We really don't have a good equivalent to like we a, smart, a smartphone. No, yeah, like it's not even close. So it's hard for me to compare almost any of this, but, but for me, it was like, uh, Hey, if your homework's not done, no Nintendo, uh, or yeah. if you're, you know, if you're out past midnight, you're, you're grounded. I mean, those sorts of things. And I would feel very vindictive about those things like mad, like, I, but I think you're supposed to, right. You're supposed to feel some of that. Like you said uh, earlier, yeah. it's like normal and, and stuff. Travis, how about you? What Did I mean, you have stuff like that where you were just like, oh, I can't live under this this rule or whatever? Not too much. I did. I mean, I didn't. we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have screen time like that. So it was similar stuff where it was like, you know, get your work done, get your homework done, or you can't use a Nintendo. You can't watch, uh, you know, a movie or something tonight. Um, but for me, I think where it came down was I just – I at a certain point I was very different kind of in a, my, my family was much more religious than I am. And that was where a lot of our butting heads was, is, you know, either going to church when I was getting to be like 16, 17 or, or spending time doing, you know, things have revolved around that. And I just, I had no desire for that. Yeah. So that was where my rebelling kind of came from. Sure. So the the fight kicks in, yeah. Yeah. Well, and a big piece of 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 whatever it might have been for anybody, and and what it, this this is what I wonder: Did either of you uh, and Scott? I mean, I had your same parents, so I know how that. This was not. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Like I snuck out all the time, and Dad would be proud of me when. I know when, you had a weird <laughs> you had a weird phase, but you know how parents go through that phase. It's like totally they're totally. way more nervous with the first couple, and then later on they're like, ugh. And plus they went through Tara's, Tara's bullcrap, yeah. and so they were like, ah, Wendy's. What can yeah, Wendy I do can wrong? Do. She can be out a little late if she needs to be. Yeah. A big deal. So maybe you're not a great example, but maybe Travis, this maybe would apply more to you, or you know, and definitely to our emailer is is, is I wonder did anyone ever find out from you what you really thought or what you wanted or like did you ever feel heard from anybody it didn't have to be your parents but just anyone at that time in your life or did you feel like it was um, kind of you against the world i had a couple of uh i had a couple of teachers and coaches that i could talk to okay. um 
and that helped uh, a good bit. But for the most part, I just kind of kept to myself on a lot of stuff like that. Um, right. It was more. It was more with uh, like peers and friends that I would discuss anything. Um, right. Not really like adult figures. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I'm wondering here with our friends in Kentucky. You know, first of all, you're he, this is a biracial kid. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Biracial kid in Kentucky, and like I don't know anything about Kentucky. Other I mean, it's easy. It's I easy really to look at. Really hate it's, the guy who is running um, your state. Yeah, not running your state. Are you talking about McConnell? The turtle. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name. Do not love that dude. He frustrates me to no end. Yeah. Um, but but okay, so I don't know what that's like for this kid. I don't. I have heard many stories about um, lacrosse kids generally, like. They're, they're a breed into them themselves somehow. Um, and, you know, being cool and testing stuff out. Racism is the new way for, uh, you know, uh, upper middle class kids to rebel. Um, you know what I'm saying? There is there is like a couple things maybe going on for him that are just you could look at and say, all right, what's you know. But has he and it sounds like he talks to dad a little bit. Right. Yeah. But he's talking to dad about how he's not communicating well with mom and wishing, you know, there would something could shift there. So it sounds like overall, let me, I should paint this picture first. Lots of good things in place here. Lots of good things. And it may be that you could just stay the course, get him through these couple of years and he'll come back to you. There is a, there is a period where you go, oh my gosh, that kid's like nice again. And I like him and he likes us. That does happen. 100%. It happens most times, most right? Especially time. if there is love and communication and some basic good safety stuff happening, right? Um, I think sometimes mm. parents get in the mode of they're losing. And whenever, or like we talked about, when people lose something, we get a bit irrational about some stuff. And so losing, the fear of losing a kid or feel of, fear of, you know, a relationship not going well, we might start to you know be Lenny and mice of men and just choke it right and and that's that control everything they do and you know and we're skipping a really powerful step yeah. so if we go straight to behavioral mechanisms yeah. we're gonna get behavioral responses maybe and that depends on how brave that kid is right um some kids just take off and you know other kids will comply but go real secret on you and you won't know half of it right and we're skipping a really powerful step that it sounds like dad is maybe somewhat attuned to, but dad's playing the peacemaker in the house. And so we've got a triangle. And every time you have a triangle in family therapy or any kind of relational things, um, that triangulation can be really problematic. And it's that, you know, we're colluding over here and then this person and the messaging going back and forth and it creates problems. This is not the, this is not a, the worst triangle I've ever seen. <laughs> Believe me, this is really mild, <laughs> but it's getting created. And what that does is it actually, unfortunately alienates mom a little more from the kid rather than having their to their issues together, their communication issues together addressed. Now, if we think dad can do that intervention and be that peacemaker, I mean, by all means, good luck. I'm very well trained in that, and I can't do that. I've tried. It doesn't work right. um, in my own family. Yeah. I can do it plenty with strangers, but not in your own family because I am actually a force in the triangle, and so is he. Okay? Yeah. And so this is where I don't love to say the answer is, to, to, is always to get therapy, but is to have some 
communication improvement amongst mom and son um, and dad stepping back in terms of maybe his, and I don't know how much this is happening, um, but it sounds like parents united is really important, but there is a breakdown of what does this, what is this kid really going through? And maybe he can't tell you. Did you guys ever have things you didn't tell your parents? Oh yeah. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> of course yeah. you do. It's totally normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I find when my kids will tell me stuff and I can tell it's kind of a big deal. I will say something and they're immediately like wrong person. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I've just got to learn to shut my mouth. Right. Um, because in their world, they're, they're seeking out. And this is why coaches and other adults can be a really powerful influence on kids. They're, it, they are that neutral space. Right. So all this love, all this right intention, all this stuff is good. We just want to tweak some things that might be helpful. So if I, if I, if this case, obviously you guys just heard it was presented to you with your own experiences and your own raising of children, what do you think this kid needs from them at this moment, knowing it's going to shift probably over time, but like at this moment, what do you think needs to happen? Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like the struggle you know, he talked a lot about how he's in the middle a little bit on this and he's yeah. sort of the peacemaker and stuff. Definitely. Ha this happens. The roles happen and they happen. If you have multiple kids, they often flip. So I, it was often me who was the advocate between say Taylor and Kim, um, her mom, but it was often Kim who was the, was the middleman for Nick and I, Huh? And it would, it was literally just like a flip version of the exact same thing. And which was hard to get our heads around a little bit because we just, you know, why, why is that? Well, why would, why was Nick a little bit more um, juxtaposed to be opposite of me in so many ways? Whereas the girls would butt heads with Kim and I would, I'd be the one that come in and make everybody happy. And I would I'm not actually sure. argue it's the exact opposite. Nick is you. Taylor mm. is Kim and who fell in love with who in this equation? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like, no, but my, that's my, literally my only takeaway. Cause the rest of it, I, I don't understand. Like to right. me, it's flummoxing, but, but yeah, at the end of the day, I realized, yeah, no, Nick is me and I annoy me. And Kim gets you. <laughs> and Kim gets me. <laughs> yep. And, and yeah. fl you flip it over. The girls get me. <laughs> yeah, no, yep. you're totally right. Like that's a hundred percent the truth, but it, in the middle of it, while you're in the thick of it, it doesn't ring that way. It's, it, you know, it just feels right. different or weird or whatever. So when Nick's like 13 or 14 and he's going through his own little stages of rebellion or whatever, part of his, his problems usually were like school stuff. Like he just not turning his papers in. He's yeah. wrecking this, the, he'd have amazing test scores, just amazing. Clearly a smart, intelligent, freaking learned kid, but he didn't turn anything in because he hated homework and he was just lazy about that and forgot to turn it in on time or whatever. And it was like talking to me. It was like mm -hmm. a 13-year-old me. And I hated it. It drove me crazy. Well, did you try to take things away from him to get him to do his stuff? I mean, we had, uh, let's see, a couple of times where it was like, uh, look, if you don't, if your grades aren't up, you're like literally not going to graduate. So until you can get them in a place where they need to be, you know, no Minecraft with your friend, uh, Breton, who we played Minecraft with every freaking minute he could. <laughs> um, you know, like st stuff like that. Yeah. We would, we would yeah. try to limit those things and say, it's all there for the take and you just got to get your other stuff done and then you're good. 
And, yeah. and that was yeah. often that didn't even that didn't matter. It didn't motivate him. Still no. didn't do it. Which sounded well, like thirteen year old me. That's, that's the me. question I would have for what what motivates this kid. I'm telling you, one thing I hear him saying is that he actually wants to feel safer with mom. Yeah, he wants to have a a a respectful, real conversation with her. There, the desire is there. Yeah, right. All the prickly porcupine stuff a kid will do is actually a sign that they really want they really want you. It's just right now, the way each of you come at it, it feels like an impossibility. A kid is just like, yep, see ya. Like, that's that's more concerning, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, whatever you guys want to say, I'm just going to leave now. Like yeah. that, the kid who fights, and this is true of couples, when couples come in, there's, there's no juice left if there is no fight, right? And the mm-hmm. fight usually represents that, you know, I care so much, I'm willing to fight about this. That's why we, you know, Thanksgiving dinner is one of the best holidays ever, right? Which is... I care more about the people in my family. That's why we're going to fight harder (laughs) than, you know, if you're eating with strangers, you'd be like, well, you guys are weird, but you would not, you know, so that's part of that. How about you, Travis? Did you have that same thing where you had things taken away when you were not compliant? Uh, Very rarely did I have things taken away, but that was definitely something that could happen. There just wasn't much to take away. Like, right. Right. Maybe take away my stereo. Uh, and then I couldn't listen to music, but you know, then yeah. I just listened to whatever my dad was listening to two rooms away because he's half <laughs> deaf and would just listen to it at full volume all the time. Sure. Um, it's also hard no, to I get didn't... a big old stereo out of a kid's room. It's yeah, a lot it really is more yeah. commitment, <laughs> yeah. more work than you. Tougher planned. than just grabbing an iPad and walking away with it. Sure. Yeah. Um, or just it turning off the the internet at your house. That's yeah. another power power move. Yeah. 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 And we didn't really have like good internet until I was already. Uh, you know, 18, 19 by that point. Right. So right. taking stuff away didn't really make much sense. Yeah. Um, no, not really. And when I had, when I was still living with my ex and her son, um, we would try that at some points, but we kind of realized that like that, that doesn't help. Like oh. threatening to take things away just made him dig his heels in more. Um, so we had to, we really, really worked on just communication, good open communication about mm-hmm. whatever it was, um, mm-hmm. which with a kid is not always easy to do, but we, we always left that, that avenue, that door open that he could yeah. just talk to us about whatever it was. And that helped a lot and it yes. got better uh, as things went along. And that, that was the biggest thing was just communication, just whatever, whatever it is. There's no, there's no taboo. There's no subjects we can't cover. Uh, just come to us and talk. To See, us. now that's funny because raising my own kids, we did the same. That was, that was the policy. Like, no matter what, we can talk about all of it, whatever you want to say. It doesn't matter Uh what. And I think that annoyed them a little bit because (laughs) it got to the point where it was like kind of hard for them to rebel. Also, I was as into the things they thought were theirs. Like I was on Facebook. I was on Instagram. I was doing all these things before they were. And I had way more Mm. followers than they did. So (laughs) it was like they didn't have those avenues to say, you know, these safe zones where parents aren't allowed. Right. I was there and it bugged him. I think it bugged him. Sure. Yeah. Uh, That's like if, you yeah. know, in the old days, you go to the sandlot and your parents are just standing there like, right. I want to play. Right. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, exactly. Right. Terrible. Well, and I think that was part of it for me is like anything like that was, you know, my dad and I would bond over uh, playing catch in the backyard or playing. We had a basketball hoop in the driveway. And so I might be down sulking about something and then I'd hear the basketball outside and that was sort of almost like an invitation for me to just go out and hang out with him. And by the end of 
you know, half an hour later, we're just, we're chatting and we're fine again. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was always something yes. that we could do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great example of, you know, the universality of something. And it might be like you sit down mm-hmm. and start watching Andor and the kid's like, oh, I got to see this. All right. And then it breaks the tension and now we can talk again or whatever it might be. Right. There's, there's yep. a lot of, those are great examples. Um, so I, I want to give them some specific things to try. All right. So one being, and this is, I'm going to be, I don't know these people. So please forgive me for getting it all wrong. <laughs> if I am getting it wrong, but I am going to assume, um, mainly because, uh, and it's definitely a stereotype. Um, but I have had plenty of clients and then I live in a place where a lot of Indian folk live and the, the level of drivenness for a kid, uh, is astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't ever need to go to a parent, uh, PT meeting ever. <laughs> like <laughs> ooh, Everything is managed and I'm a really uninvolved parent relative to what I, I, you know, because just very involved very concerned about grades, very pr- sort of productivity. Yeah, and, there's and a culture. I don't know if she's an immigrant a, herself or she was born here. Yeah, we don't know any of that, a, but there's a culture around it, right? Like yeah, a there's really a culture strong, and there's an ethos yeah. that, and, you know, you talk to any comedian who has uh, been raised by an immigrant parent requiring that they become lawyers and doctors, and that's their whole stand-up is going to be about this because it, it's really intense and real. Okay, so I don't know if that's going on there, but if it is, this makes this a little tougher, right? Because that's so deep, maybe for her, that mm-hmm. he is a productive, good kid. It sounds like even from, you know, from the religious standpoint, like a good kid, all these things are really important. And so what's coming at this kid is that he's being a bad kid, right? And I want to just put this on everyone's t-shirt. It might be a good kid having a hard time. There is no bad kid here. There's only a good kid having a hard time. And not good based on your measurements of church attendance and activity or um, grades and accomplishments, right? So that little leak out of a racist behavior, right? That's that's telling when you're a biracial kid in America that you're mm-hmm. participating in something like that. That's something to be curious about. Also, getting on the bus and taking a picture is like the coolest thing ever. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and that small little ways of just like trying to differentiate, be himself. And then how do, how do teens do this? Their whoopee or their blanket that they take from their attachment to their parents to the world is friendships and friend groups. So now he's in a friend group that maybe is thinking some things aren't so awesome that the parents don't always agree with. This is all really, really normal stuff. But if we have a fundamental view of this kid as, um, and I don't, it doesn't sound like, this is what he's saying, but I am just going to ask the question, yeah. you know, are we just not getting the compliance that we want? And that is really hard not to get bitter about, get scared about, think we're losing, right? Compliance is not a sign of a mentally healthy child per se, mm-hmm. right? When you see super well-behaved kids, you got to wonder that and parents, other parents are jealous. They think that's great. Yeah. That is actually a sign that those kids have gotten in line and they have definitely eliminated certain parts of themselves to please adults. Okay. Mm-hmm. And some kids are kind of born that way. I mean, I have one and I'm like, I didn't do this to you. How'd you get this way? But maybe I have, I don't know. Right. But we give all these messages about what makes you lovable, what makes you compliant in this society. 
in our eyes and our faces, that's when it's going to give you the smiles and the hugs and the praise, right? Mm -hmm. And if those things are coming, you learn. You learn, okay, I act this way, I do these things so that I get the acceptance. This is how cultural anything develops, right? Mm -hmm. Is here's what we do. This is how we do it in our family. You will get reinforced just like a puppy getting a treat. Oh, you got a good grade? And then hugs and kisses and celebrations and mom's bragging about you, right? That's (laughs) the message. You get a bad grade, what do we do? We take your phone. So mm-hmm. that it works to get you back to compliance. So I understand how easy this is for all of us to fall into. And all of us know when we were kids, which one we were, were we just making parents happy? Were we, you know, we kind of know a little bit, but suddenly when it's our offspring, oof, so much harder to, <laughs> to yeah. be cool about it. Right. So I would, I would take Travis's advice very seriously, which is communicate, communicate, communicate. So for example, what is it that this kid needs mom to hear and needs to be heard? And maybe she's not ready to hear it. If she's responding back to him in certain ways, he is picking up that vibe and he's just not being heard. And so is that something she can shift or maybe work through her feelings about? I mean, listen, I, I moved to Sweden and there were moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, my kids cannot become Swedish. I can't have my kid do this Swedish thing. <laughs> like, they're like, no. And then I, you know, come back to America. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't let my kids be American. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I can imagine anyone coming here and just being like, oh, please let them not be like contaminated with some of the Americanness of teenage high school life. Right. Sure, for sure. sure. Right. So I don't know if it's, there's some of that going on for her to kind of look through. And then for dad to look through sort of what is it he needs so desperately here? And, and a great question to ask both parents is this. What are you so afraid is going to happen mm. if the kid doesn't get straight A's? Or what are you so afraid is going to happen if the kid, um, you know, isn't kind to everybody? Like, is, and you have to be really honest with this. It'll, it'll rise up in you. It'll be like, well, then we'll look bad. Or it means I haven't taught him well, or I will lose him. Or so all of those deep fears, if you just scratch below the surface, you'll find them. And then that's when you start to get desperate and to not feel that fear. So what I need is a compliant child. So what I'm going to do is, and everyone's doing the same thing. So shame and taking away stuff is the fastest parenting tools you have. Shame means I will never be out of a job. People, can you please don't do that one. And it's because it's quick, <laughs> effective, and helpful to get a compliant person is right. to shame them right. mm-hmm. or criticize them or roll your eyes when they're telling you something stupid teenage or, um, you know, not listening when they might be a good kid having a hard time. If we could start with that energy that this is a good kid having a hard time, I don't really know why. Mm. So getting curious about like, why? Maybe it's not a super hard time, but it's hard enough that he doesn't feel like his parents are a safe place to talk. So maybe there's that. And that way, that's that's why sometimes you need to invite a neutral person to help you communicate better. Yeah. Because I that's not that. it's not always easy to, you know, suddenly be hit with this puberty nightmare. And yeah. And all the, the old strategies don't to, work. To to throw back a little bit to this concept of it's harder when the kid is more like you than than the other yeah. person. Yeah. Um the what was I going to say about it? I had a really important thing to say about that. You're, you're like, oh, I know what it is. If you're, if that's the case and mm-hmm. you're trying so hard to have this policy of, you know, 
look, it's all open air here. Everybody can talk. Let's talk. We're, you know, yeah. this, there's no, I'm not just saying not under my roof and putting you in your room. We're going to let this, we're going to hash this out. If that's your standard, um, just be prepared for this feeling of like, it's really annoying. Like me, me trying to tell Nick to get better grades was so annoying to me mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I just felt like I was talking to me and I know how stubborn I was about it. And I was, mm-hmm. I just knew it wasn't going to go anywhere, but you have to, you have to somehow think outside of that and go, yes, but it's still important that this is happening. It's still important and, that you're being open. And it's really talking. good because I'm guessing mom and son are more like. Yeah. If I had to and, guess, that's what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. And I'm guessing mm-hmm. daughter is more like dad. Yeah. And, and maybe that sensitivity or a peacemaker style is there. And so they're worried about her. Let me, let me give just a quick thing. Sorry. Your story made me think of this real quick no, for the, the younger child. Yeah. This is a great chance for you to model and begin that practice. Cause she hasn't hit anything yet. Um, that's still down the road. So sort of thinking of it like, yeah, it's your trial run and it's, you know, you're in the Pinewood Derby and you're, you realize you need graphite next round. Right. But you just <laughs> like, you got to learn from this and model what it is that you hope that happens with her. That is the and most complete- Pinewood Derby freaking inside baseball. <laughs> I love it. I love that you use that. I, that, I so said cool. that. I just suddenly was like, oh, you know, the first time you do a Pinewood Derby. Yeah. No, because there's a whole thing. <laughs> you, use, you use that stuff to make the, you basically make the wheels, uh, not yeah. lubricate is not the right word, but make them so there's less resistance, less less yeah. friction. And yep. and I don't know anyone who knows about that except kids who did Pinewood Derby. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Sorry, very true. You got your graphite. It's funny, you got I've never your done wheels. it myself. I somehow know about graphite and the tires on a Pinewood Derby. Um, <laughs> it's in my psyche. Sorry about that. So anyway, yeah, but that idea of like you are modeling to her what you're going to do. So if yeah. you're like me, I'm the youngest child. I watched what everyone did before me, and then I did none of it because I ain't stupid. And I learned that, you know what, this makes mom mad. That makes dad mad. I just, I naturally probably didn't want to do most of the things you guys did before me, but like, it was just so clear that you can just pick up and then your parents get a little tired and it gets easier when you're younger. Right. But she's just watching. I'm not sure this is going to damage her in any way that is like deep, but if it's not addressed and they, she just watches him get shut down for you know, doing stuff he's not supposed to, she'll just comply and be perfect and get all the praise. And then we'll have a perfectionist on our hands. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that like what we all think good behavior means in childhood is not great in adulthood. Um, that, that kid is just kind of nuts and doing whatever. (laughs) And the parents are mortified. Like, Oh, I'm trying, you know, those are the parents I always go up to. I'm like, you are killing it. That kid will be so successful. And they're like, what? And it's because that's not how it feels. Parents judge each other. And what do we judge on? If your kid is quiet in a movie when they're six? No, 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 no. Or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's just kids are di- kids, right? We should all stop judging each other. But I do think we have a, a, a bias towards it makes me look like a good parent because that's how we act. Right. You know? Yeah, right. No, it's, it's, uh, man, it, 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 while you're in the thick of this, it just seems oh, so hard, hard. It's yeah. And so, it is, so I, I don't want to diminish that, but you will get on the other side of it. You know, this Nick grades thing didn't get in our relationships way. We, you know, we hug each other every time we see each other. We talk all the time. We play Overwatch. And don't you think the, the, just 
like an age, a magical age ends. It's like their bodies are used to hormones or something. Yeah. It's kind of how, <laughs> and there's just a shift. So it will come. Yeah. You want to just reduce the damage you do in between now yeah. and then. Yeah. That's really it. Like just it can, yeah. you need to hold out because eventually, I don't know, this is a weird thing to think of, but it reminds me of an episode of Little House on the Prairie. Hear me oh, out. Well, our, our childhoods are showing up right here. Yeah, our, no kidding. So when I was I'm young, they, and- <laughs> we would watch these stupid reruns of that show. And there was one that I brought up before because it just stuck with me and was a, kind of horrifying too. But the there was, um, they adopted a son at one point. This is later in the series. And the son got into or had to take morphine for a medical reason. And again, we're talking 1800s here. So it's like, you know, old Doc yeah. Brown up the road got me some morphine or whatever because of, of the gunshot or the horse kicked me or whatever. Anyway, he got hooked on it. So it was meant to be an allegory for drug drug addiction. But what yeah. I got from it was the son and the dad are going through a thing. And the son is is gonna is experiencing withdrawal and it's like this very physical and emotional thing and the dad is trying to figure out how do i be here the best i can be here for this kid and the mom's struggling with it and how does she be there for it and this stuff really stuck with me for some reason and he pushed through and he made it through and then they had a great relationship for the rest of that series these are fictional people that don't exist (laughs) but the concept landed on me and i got it yeah yeah i still think that's true you got to go through those nights of horking up you know, <laughs> throwing up all, all your morphine so you can get to the other side. And while yeah, you're doing and, and that, it's bad, but you'll get there. I like, I like that analogy. And I think the, the, the other sort of piece you can do in the middle here is to help everybody get really curious about what is happening in the sense of like, ask the kid, like, tell us your thoughts about when we take your phone. Hear them out. Yeah. Let them know what that feels like. Right. And get it. I. What's really common is just parents to be reactive mm-hmm. towards their kids' response and their, their actual thoughts and feelings. And a big reason is often you were not allowed to have any of those thoughts or responses when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. your kid to ha- be able to have them can be incredibly triggering. Um, and I mean, this is why every generation does the exact same thing to the next one, which like kids these days, and it's because we were not allowed or didn't have access to, or like really access to the feelings that these kids have, the the conversations, the the level of communication, the training, the difference in their their social emotional lives. It's starkly different from those who grew up in the '60s and '50s and '70s, right? Mm-hmm. And so, some of that is just like. Everybody needs to check their stuff and then see if you can communicate more. And sometimes that's really hard to do without help. So just throwing that out for the last. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, let us know uh, how you're doing with this. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is a, you're going through a common thing, but you don't always feel yeah. like you got a lot of outside support when that stuff's happening. Yeah. You're not alone. We should you're have everyone alone. who has this 15 year old boy have a group. Yeah, let's do <laughs> it. 15 year old boy chat. group. Yep, that's called a boy band. No, wait. Boy bands. Also, next week, I have an email that we can use that's a really great follow-up just about how when you're an adult dealing with your childhood family of origin issues, um, 
at the same time, you're real, you're raising your own family and realizing like, Oh no, I'm creating these issues for my kids or what am I creating? Yeah. So I have a good email for that. All next right. Week That'd be cool. Oh, and it I, goes I, along with this same one. Speaking of follow-ups, I have a tiny one for you. Uh, this yeah. is a text that came to us via Frank who says, Wendy segment last week, the healing of young Scott, you know, my whole Ooh, soccer yeah. thing or baseball, whatever it was. The fact that I felt safe to follow along and heal my youthful self. The guys, uh, you guys are amazing, and what you are doing is such a gift to the world. Thank you, says Frank. So oh, I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you, Frank, for that. That's awesome. And thanks, Scott, for doing therapy with no consent in front of millions of right. people. I and for me, just self. going for it, because that was weird. Afterwards, I was like, what did I just do? I know. She sent me a text. She's like, I hope that was all right. I'm like, yeah, it's totally fine. Like, I feel like such an open book these days anyway. It doesn't matter. So, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't, like, feel like... There, there was no, there was, it wasn't like, oh no, I've unveiled, I've picked at a scab. I didn't mean to or any of that. It was, <laughs> right, right, right. It was right. good for me. So uh, nice. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad Frank got that out of it. Hopefully you will too. If you guys have your own feelings or thoughts or questions or stuff you want us to talk about on the show, even if it's really long and I have to make a robot read it, you can send it <laughs> to the morning stream at gmail.com. But we also take your texts at uh, texts at 801 just like Frank did. Wendy, have a fantastic week. Yes. Thank you. We'll Bye, guys. See you next time. Oh, she, I, I was loud, and also I can't find her thing to kill. There it is. All right. Well, Travis, here we are now. Threw the phone down. <laughs> yeah. She had it with that damn thing. She's done. I could hear her dog shaking its uh, thing. You know what's funny? Wendy thought oh, she'd never get dog. a dog. Oh, was that your dog? I think she... So, that was my dog. Okay. She, she's got a little beagle as well, and, she, and sometimes mm. I can hear it when she's on the air. Um, she thought she would always never have a dog and that she didn't really like dogs. And then she got this beagle mm-hmm. and now she loves that dog. She loves him. It's, dogs do that. It's like uh, people that are like, oh, I hate cats. I hate cats. And then you, you get a cat around them and the cat sleeps on them. It's like, oh, get yeah. This, this now you kind of like cats. Yep. That's the way it works. I will say having three dogs and a cat is maybe a little much. Okay. <laughs> But I blame Carter. Maybe, but you've also got built-in heated weighted blankets. So. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. I had the Weimaraner laying on me yesterday uh, very awkwardly, but it's so good. I can't even, oh. I can't move. I don't want to move. She's warm. She's sleeping. Nope. Oh, man. This one, Bella's about 70 pounds, and <sighs> she will she will force me, if I'm at the computer for too long, she will force me to go in the other room and sit in the, the chair with her. Yeah. And she will crawl, crawl up into my lap and lay down. And I'm like, well, I guess this is my life until she decides she's done. I love like, that. Just not moving. I love that. I think that's great. Jeannie says, I have zero pets. No, no, no. You have a, you have a chat room full of them, Jeannie. Exactly. All right. That's going to do it for that. Quick note about some shows coming up this weekend. Couch Party tomorrow uh, for patrons of TMS. Uh, We're going to watch more Ms. Marvel. So if you're around for that, great. We'll put up the video after with our commentary as if you were there the whole time if you can't be there live. So don't worry if you can't. But if you can, that'd be great. Brian will be home and uh, plunk down on a chair while we watch that. So that'll be fun. Uh, Film Sack this weekend. We'll be covering the 1970s classic, maybe. Uh, Westworld from, uh, you know, Michael Crichton, directed, written, all that business. That'll be uh, yeah. then. We'll see how it holds up. I don't know. I've never seen it, so this is going to be interesting. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I feel like this is a good, this would have been a good one for your show where I had never seen it, but we're doing it for Film Sack, so I will have seen it. Anyway, that's this weekend. Uh, a new skim this afternoon. Watch for that probably in another hour or so. Uh, Kim and I are getting Excellent. together for a quick show. Core tonight, 5 p.m. Mountain time. Big core tonight. Lots to talk about. 
All right. Yeah. So pull up a chair and listen to your favorite video game podcast ever. Uh, Core with me, John and Bo. That's tonight. And uh, what else? Oh, Travis, tell me uh, what you got going on. You, got, you probably got a couple of shows coming up. Yeah. So much going on. I was actually on uh, Open Micers last night with uh, Jay Funktastic. Uh, we recorded. That'll be out on Monday. That was fun. I love it's that guy. He's, a, he's awesome. He's such a cool oh, dude. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Him and Jacob, and it was just a fun... We went... I We could have gone another two or three hours. It was just... I couldn't stop. But uh, let's see. Uh, well, wait, you haven't seen. Um, I just had a conversation about uh, the movie 12 Monkeys with uh, Stargate Pioneer. Um, spoiler alert. We had very differing opinions on that movie. Oh, um, wow. I love that movie. I do, too. He, Big fan. He did not. Uh, so... <laughs> It, but it was it, a really great conversation. And then this weekend, I'm actually talking with uh, Tom uh, Norm in the chat. Um, he's never seen Gladiator. <gasps> I'm fixing that. We're going to watch Gladiator. Are you not entertained? <laughs> I, I'm, that's great. I'm so, you need to see Gladiator because they're making a new one. Ridley Scott's making a damn sequel. That's crazy 22 years later, yeah, but I'm ready for I it. I know. Uh, hopefully, it's not as bonkers as his original idea for a sequel. Because really? if you ever read that, it no, was... No, I didn't know there was a thing. Search search for that and see. Uh, I'll let you find it and just read it. Because it's like... It was crazy. Okay. Well, all I know is... I like for a sequel. Pudgy, gray-bearded looking um, <sighs> Russell Crowe is kind of my favorite Russell Crowe right now. So oh, I, ca- I, I kind of hope he's, you know, he's like old, retired, teaching other gladiators how to fight or something. That's probably what they'll do. Oh. That'd be great. It'll be like uh, um, they'll be like the Tom Cruise Top Gun thing. He'll, he'll come back and teach the youngest yeah. how to do stuff. I don't know. Except he won't look the same as he did uh, in <laughs> no. the original Gladiator. <laughs> no, <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, but I've also got uh, those were the days um, that will be. We'll have a new episode out next week. Uh, that's classic TV. So basically, anything pre two thousand we talk about. Uh, nice. I do that with Audie Norman, uh, Amy Frost, and. Uh, Stephen Adams from um, to Two Dorks Network. Oh, very nice. We have, we have a lot of fun with that. Gore is going on. Oh yeah, um, Gore. You got the Gore with, going. Uh, yeah, with Monica and Wesley and yeah. uh, horror movies. And of course, let's watch Highlander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the high and the watching the Highlanders. Yeah, too much. Too I'm, much stuff. I can't stop. Yeah, welcome to my world. It's how it feels, and uh, you're doing a great job. So anyway, check all that out. Big thanks uh, once again, dude, for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, today. Thanks for having me. Always new fun. problem. Uh, so there is some scheduling stuff next week that I'll probably explain more on Monday because I'll have more details. But I am flying for a quick uh, business trip to uh, Texas next Tuesday. There won't be a show that day. Uh, well, there won't be one thir- Wednesday. Thursday, I don't know yet. So Wendy's follow-up email, I have to wait. I'm not sure. I just don't know when I'm back. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you guys know what's going on next week. But things like... Um, Play Retro and Core, they're all being pushed to days where I'm back or haven't left yet. So we'll be doing Play Retro on Monday. We'll be doing uh, Core on Friday. So we'll, we'll try to make sure that stuff happens. But you will miss a couple of TMS episodes while I'm gone. Uh, more on that next week. Don't forget to join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash TMS, where you'll never get an ad. You get pre-show content every day, including today. You'll get couch parties, like I mentioned earlier, art in the mail, and more. You just got to go sign up and be like all those rad people. Patreon.com slash TMS. Be rad or be sad. That's what I always say. Uh, Also, um, no, that's it. That's all. That's all there is. Let's get him out of here with a song. We got a request. And uh, this came from a listener. Let's see if I get this information right. I should. Okay, here we go. This is from Harold Combs, which is both his name and a thing he does. 
Uh, hold on, I got to zoom in. There we go. <laughs> hey, Scoot and Boot. Greetings from the Texas Hill Country, just north of Austin. Uh, avid listener and patron since 2020, and I love the community here so much. Well, that's very good to hear. Uh, November 9th marks my 44th birthday, and in the in September I celebrated my 17th wedding wedding anniversary. All right, I'm going to give you two of these. So, wedding anniversary gets this. Congratulations. All right, and then your birthday gets this. Whoops, not that. And why not that? That's fine. Um, you get both those things. Anyway, congratulations. 17 years is a big deal. Starting a slow f- uh, fight back from crazy town and your smiling voices every day really help. And God bless Wendy. Oh, that's not, Wendy's not here to hear it, but all right. Uh, for my birthday, could I have a version of Seven Bridges Road uh, chosen by the cover master? Hearing it puts me back into the high school band days, listening to the Eagles on somebody else's boombox as we come home from marching band competitions. This was a long time ago. Uh, down the Stephen Bridges Road. Anyway, all the best. Harold, he's Dev Harry C in the chat when he can get here. The well, of Stephen course. Bridges Road. Yeah, there you go. Now, the one or thing. The Seven Bridges Road. Either one. Either one. The thing either Brian one. didn't leave with me, he didn't tell me which song he chose. I have the song. Oh, no. Well, here it okay. is. Uh, so I, it's called Seven Bridges Road. But does it say who it's from? Hold on. There. Okay, here it is. Oh, this is Paul and Storm and Jonathan Colton and Sarah Watkins. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that's oh, their awesome. version. I know that version. We like them. Uh, so that's what we're going to play. We'll do that now. Uh, check out all of the stuff I mentioned earlier for this weekend. And, of course, we'll be back Monday with a brand new TMS. I think that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you then. There are stars in the southern sky. And
should go This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I need some sugar.